Welcome to Emran's podcast, episode number 68. This is your host, Suman Silwal. Don't do anything stupid. Stay cool. Hydrate. You know, the two, the two biggest things is, is to hydrate and get your recovery. Have you registered for a fall marathon? Come join Emran's pace team and me at Seven Breezes Marathon at Chattanooga, Tennessee. Visit emran's.com to get a 10% discount on all Seven Breezes Marathon events. See you at the starting line of the Seven Breezes Marathon this fall. I'd like to welcome Coach Al Domenico to Emron's podcast. Uh, Coach Al, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing fine, Suman. How are you? Uh, it's been long. We haven't talked. Um, I think you were uh, episode number seven last year, uh, 2016. I was looking at the record that we talked about May of 2016. So it's more than a year we haven't talked on the podcast. So I've been trying to bring you back. So how's, how's your year been going? How, how's your running and everything? Well, my running is, is, is going okay. Of course, uh, you know, I wish it was 20 years ago. I keep trying to run at that level. That, that ain't working real good. But uh, keep myself happy running almost exclusively on trails now. Uh, I run some on the road, but uh, very, very little. Mostly it's on trails. Does it frustrate you to not be able to run the level you used to run, or you're happy with uh, just being out there? Oh, it frustrates the heck out of me because uh, I just don't just don't feel comfortable. You see somebody running by that's just so smooth and just floating, and you say, oh, I used to run like that, and you're saying that every time somebody runs by you. So that gets frustrating. The times don't really frustrate me, except on these trail runs when you have cutoffs. And, you know, I didn't used to be worried about cutoffs, and now I am. But uh, uh, I just love being out there. Just, you know, you're never going to do the same as you did years ago. Uh, unfortunately, but uh, it's not to the point. Uh, unfortunately, I've known many people that I ran with, you know, decades ago that just gave up the sport once they kind of went over the plateau, so to speak, and uh, couldn't do what they were doing. And it's a shame that that's what they were running for, because that's not what I run for. I just run for the pleasure of it. Definitely, I met um, met a gentleman uh, at the Boston as we going towards the starting line. He talked about uh, he was he's very competitive, and because of his competitiveness, he can keep up, and so he he's gonna give up running a marathon. I was like, uh, maybe <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm competitive in my own nature, but uh, I don't. It doesn't bother me if I'm back of the pack or front of the pack. It doesn't matter as long as I can move. I'm good with it. Well, you get you you know you, you're competitive. And every race, you, every time you toe the line, you're competitive. But it seems like as you, you know, when we run long races like we do, you know, somewhere around the middle of the race, you're just looking for that finish line. You get to the finish line, you're pretty happy to be there. And it's very seldom that you're just beating yourself up about it. Definitely. I haven't seen you racing a lot lately. Is that, uh, is, is that are you just trying to cut back and running or, or how does well, that? Well, I, um, back in April, I guess it was, I ran the statue to statue to statue. And for folks that don't know that, it's, uh, we have a pretty hilly, uh, 15K run here in Birmingham that runs all on road, very hilly. And, uh, as part of the, the Butts group, uh, the Birmingham Ultra Trail Society, we do, a uh, statue to statue to statue, which means you start from the finish line, run to the start line in time to start the actual race. So you're actually doing the race twice, once once uh, one way and once the other way. And that, that 18 and a half miles of running on the road just seemed to tear me up. And the day after, I mean, my hip, I couldn't run at all. So I actually took five weeks off of, uh, of running. Um, now, I didn't take five weeks off from being out there, I got to be a very good power walker over those five weeks, but uh, I could not run at all. So I skipped a couple of the Butts early runs, the uh, Memorial Day run, and the uh, uh, they had one before that. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. 
a run for kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So run for kids. So I planned to do that, and then I said, uh, do I want to do 50k even though it's flat? And I said, you know, you know, my son used to go to school. I used to tell him, don't do anything stupid, and he said. How will I know it's stupid? I say, after you do it, you'll say that was stupid. <laughs> so, so now I'm telling myself that. So I, I, unfortunately, I had to skip that one, too. But I plan to be out there for the Hotter in Hell and the Ridge to Ridge. And I'd love to do the stage, uh, the three-stage race in September. Uh, that that still is one of my highlights. You know, I've run Boston. I've run Pikes Peak. But that, that, that was the first stage race I did was the one here. Um, and uh, it, it was just such a thrill to complete those three races. I mean, those three runs in three days. Uh, it's still one of the highlights, and I'd love to go back and do that again. Definitely. I always enjoy doing the stage race. Kind of it breaks, uh, for me, is the stage race breaks uh, and my uh, summer training, summer racing to fall, brings me to the fall fall racing uh, calendar. So usually that's when I, when I turn my calendar. So that's how I do, do it, too. I enjoy doing the stage race. So Well, it's so interesting, you know, the, the recovery is so important you finish one race and that's the end of that then now you're in recovery stage till the next morning and it, it's so interesting to, to find out what is the key how can i recover the quickest and it's all dietary it's all getting your feet up and it's just getting cooled down and then toe the line again and of course the way the three stages go the last stage is the the toughest one the longest one and the hilliest one uh, so, yeah you got to think about it you don't just go out there and, and say well i'm going to do this race. <laughs> yeah for me it's like the end of second days is usually the hardest one um but uh, last days i usually i run pretty free and pretty fast too so and being in even if even if it's tough but but i run it because it's i don't have to run out of those days next day so so <laughs> usually that's how it works for me so so talking sure. uh, talking about uh, fall fall season fall training let's uh you have experience running an hour Alabama uh, for for years. Uh, tell us about uh, the fall training. What should we prepare for the the summer heat is here and it's not going to go away till late September October. So let's talk about a little bit about that. Yeah, it's gonna it, it, it's going to be here for a while. And um, you know the biggest thing back back when I was running, you know, we talk about competitively, but when I was running what I call competitively, uh, I had a job that. The best time for me to run was actually lunchtime, and I ran every day at lunchtime. And uh, but doing that, I mean, I did that in the winter, in the fall, in the spring, and in the summer. And people would say you're crazy to be out there in such heat. But by being out there in all four seasons, you acclimatize to that heat. So it's not just a case of going out and and, and hitting the 95 degrees or uh, you know or that direct sunlight like we like we have here. You acclimatize over over time. So just like uh, people who do altitude, you you need about two weeks to fully acclimatize. So if you're going to go out and if all of a sudden we get a, a heat spell in in you know early spring and you go out, it's going to hit you a lot harder than it does this time of year. If you've been out there for a while now, this time of year, but when it hits you all of a sudden, it's it's going to hit you harder. So that, uh, you know, getting used to it is, is, is most important. And when you get into this time of year, um, you know, trying to stay out of that direct sunlight is, is, is important. Get out of the sun. And the way most runners do it, most long distance runners, is they'll get up early and run uh, before work. Or they'll, they'll, they'll get up, you know, 4 o'clock, 4.30 and put in their runs then. Um, and, and, you know, it's just uh, just uh, kind of a kind of a thing to do. When, you, when you're in the summer. But if you have to run during the day, you try to plan your runs so that you're running in the shade. I, I'm fortunate in that I can run on the trails and you're not going to have anything but shade on the trails. But if you run on the roads, I mean, you, you could plan your run by the time of day. You know that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. And so plan your shadows that way. 
you know, look at look at the maps, and you know that's the way you're going to go, and just try to get more heat, more uh, more, uh, you know, get out of that sunlight, because that radiant heat. Well, you you feel it. I mean, even this time of day, if you go out and it's you know 88 degrees and it's cloudy, it's a lot different than 88 degrees and it's sunny. So you stay out of that sunlight, and it means a a lot as far as your how you feel during your run. Definitely. Uh, talking about that, how how about the hydration? How 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 can we prepare for hydration? Uh, I do now. Finally, I got the hydration vest for ultra running. For road running, usually I don't do anything. I just carry a bottle of water. So right, that's. I mean, people who see me, I have a bottle of water. I'll go out for a three-mile run and have a bottle of water with me all the time because I've gotten used to running. But I was like you. I just kind of didn't want to use a vest for the longest time. And then, then I did get one, and uh, um, I, now I love it. Now, I don't use a bladder. What I use is a, uh, I, I carry a water bottle, and then in the uh, pockets, the front pockets, I have uh, water bottles there. And in the vest, I just put other stuff back there. Mostly I put trash that I find on the trail, and I put that in the <laughs> pocket in the back but uh, but the water I and mean, you're going to drink so much more during the winter i mean i went went out this morning and did uh, about 10 miles up at oak mountain and i easily went through 40 ounces of water um with uh, with what i had with me and of course in the winter time you're not going to go through nearly that much the thing about um you know the, the the fluids is what you want to get is the hydration um i'm really not sold on how much electrolytes you need unless you're in one of the longer races this um i've been meaning to put a thing up on facebook and i'm not trying to knock the product but i just want to know what is it about tailwind tailwind seems to have taken you know the at least this town by storm and i just don't understand what the fascination is with with tailwind because it seems like it yeah it has a little bit more well it has about twice as much uh, uh electrolytes but they say that's all you need you know that's all you need for a long run you don't need anything else you don't need it to stop at the uh, aid stations and it seems like if you just get adding some more sodium and some more potassium what is the difference why is it such a big big you know so much better than the other sports drinks but i'm not going to i'm not going to get on that that doesn't matter but as far as electrolytes go um, there's so many different kinds. There's, you know, tablets you can put in your water bottle. There's, there, there are the, the other typical drinks that you, you, you have, including Tailwind. Um, you know, and you can, you can take your goo if you, if you want to and, uh, get your, uh, electrolytes and get your carbohydrates that way. You got to keep that up because you're going to fatigue so much easier in the, in the summertime. Um, when you're running out there, you know, we used to, uh, use a term called perceived, uh, perceived rate of exertion. What do you feel? How hard do you feel like you're working? And this time of year, your, your PRE is going to be, is going to hit you at so much of a slower pace than it would in the, in the cooler weather. But that's what you got to go by is how hard am I working and try to internalize that. And a good runner can do that. He can say, oh, I'm working at 80% of, well, you know, of, of, full out max right here and that's where you want to you know i'm not saying that 80 percent is where you want to go but you're able to tell what what you can uh, you know what you're doing and if you're looking at if you're a heart rate runner if you look at your heart rate that heart rate is going to change so much in the heat if it's 75 or 80 degrees or more that heart rate is going to is going to be at least 10 degree 10 beats higher than it would on a cooler day so you got to take that into consideration and do do your studying a little bit and learn about, you know, well, you know, my heart rate used to be 140, 145, and now it's 155. What's wrong with me? Well, what's wrong with you is that you're running in the in the hot weather, and your body has to, um, you know, try to try to keep you uh, keep you from overboiling. 
And uh, so you got to keep that into consideration. So you got to slow down. You don't don't worry about your pace. Just go by your perceived rate of exertion of how you feel you're doing. And if you feel like you're putting in the effort, that's what you need. Because once that cooler weather comes, and you know as, as, as well as any other experienced runner, when that cooler weather comes, you're going to all of a sudden be putting in some pretty good times with the same amount of exertion that you were doing in the summertime. Definitely. I, I usually advise people not to skip summer training. Such an important part of that whole training. Uh, some, of the, some of the points I wanted to kind of mention about the tailwind. The, the way I have learned about tailwind is basically it's a hydration. I mean, you know, it, it has a food um, as well as uh, electrolyte and everything all inclusive. So I think that's what I was heard. Um, but I have not done research and I'm, I never got used to it. Maybe I need to put some expert uh, tailwind people on, on the podcast. Yeah, uh, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. I will have to. I will definitely have to go find, uh, go look for them. Uh, talking about hydration and electrolyte, uh, so a lot of my, a lot of um, ultra runners I've seen, they use a salt pill. Not road runners. Uh, most of our road runners, they don't use salt pill, but ultra runners salt salt pill. Have you used those? Uh, do you do you see a value in that? Um, actually, uh, I don't because uh, I'll use. Usually on the trail, I use water, and when I come to an aid station, I'll take whatever drink they have. I do use goo products. Uh, I use, you know, I take real food when I'm at a, at an aid station. But with an experienced runner, with a with a person who's trained, and we're talking about anything from a half marathon up, you become your body will become efficient so that when you're sweating, you're not sweating nearly the amount of electrolytes out that a new runner would. Uh, they're going to be losing a lot more electrolytes, so you actually don't lose that much. And I really don't know that that's what causes the cramps. The um, what people say is you lose the electrolytes and you have cramps. Well, what the cramps are really is that your muscles are over fatiguing. You might not be trained right. You're running at a faster pace. You might be running a race that is hilly and you didn't train on hills. But it's usually that over fatigue factor that causes cramps and not a loss of electrolytes. And just as a sidelight, the very best thing that I have found for cramps is these little mustard packets. They are invaluable to me. I'll carry you know two or three in my water, you know, with my the water bottle pocket that they have, and I'll carry them there. But I've had some races uh, where I probably went in under train, but I'll be going up a hill, and all of a sudden a muscle that never cramped before, my adductors, you know, in my thigh would just cramp up. And I'll take a mustard packet, and I swear within 30 seconds it's gone. And it's a reflex. It's not that it even has to hit your stomach. It hits the back of your throat, sets off a reflex that'll actually shut down that uh, that cramp. That's the best thing for cramps. So I don't know that loss of electrolytes actually causes any um, any of the cramps. Electrolytes are good, but use it in moderation. Don't uh, I I don't like the uh, the salt tablets that they they put out there. Uh, I think people can overdo it. Um, I mean, you know, as uh, you know, you know about people who have hyponatremia and they're worried about their sodium and is my sodium too high? Is it too low? Just just go out there and when you're when you're in these long runs, you know, if you feel like eating real food, fine. If you feel like drinking tailwind, you think that does it, fine. The mind is going to be, you know, 80% of what what you what you if you feel like what what you're taking works then that's going to work. Definitely. Let's focus uh, going going from uh, hydration and running in the heat. Let's go. Let's talk about the distance, running a, running a, a longer distance for fall training. You know, we I just signed up for Pinhoti. Uh, I will be running a lot. Uh, a lot of a lot of folks are training for Chicago and big big fall marathon. Um, so so let's talk about how 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 training should look like. You you train a lot of people for Chicago. I remember uh, for team and training. How 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 did you used to do that? 
Yeah, the way we the way we do when when I was training for people, and we did Marine Corps and we did Chicago and we did uh, a few other fall marathons. And of course, back then we were taking a lot of new runners uh, through the summer. And what I would give them was a uh, a, a schedule that had a um, how many weekly miles they'd have. And I said, the only thing that's set in stone here is your Sunday run. The Sunday run would be our long run, and we do it as a group. So we'd all go out together, and we'd go as slow as the slowest person would go. So we'd kind of stay as, as, as a group the whole time. The rest of the time, I tell folks, okay, what I want you to do, if you can do your five-mile run, six-mile run during the week, fine. But if you have to break it up into two runs, that's fine, too. You do one in the early morning, do one in the in the uh, evening when the sun starts to go down, because most studies have shown if you if you break it up into two runs, you'll get just as much benefit physiologically from the two runs uh, than you would from just one run. Where that theory falls short is, of course, if you you can't do that with your long run, with your uh, you know your your 15 mile or your 20 miler, you can't do that. You have to build up that stamina, you have to build up that endurance of staying out there and doing that long run, and that's more about time on your feet than it is the the mile distance. But the other ones during the week, I'd say break it up if you have to. That's fine. You know, you just have to get those miles in and then get the time in. Um, you know, what we were talking about that is uh, staying out there in the sun and the heart rate going up. Another thing that I wanted to say is one reason why it's why it's hard to be out there in the sun is that once your body temperature gets up to 102, 103 degrees, which is not unusual when you're out there for uh, you know an hour or more of running, what happens is your body starts to take the blood away from the muscles and, sh- and shunts it to the skin to try to cool it down. It's trying to cool down your organs. So it gets that skin that uh, blood up to the skin where it can cool down some and get back to the organ. So it's actually taking it away from the muscles. And that's one reason why you do slow down when you're running. So that's why you want to keep yourself as cool as you can. And throwing water over your head uh, is good. And that brings up another thing is that if you're out there and you're used to wearing a hat, which is a good idea, a visor is going to be a much better idea because it allows that, that heat to dissipate from the top of your head. Plus, it's easier to throw water on top of your head. But if you can keep that skin cool, uh, that's going to help you a lot. You know, you see some of these um, uh, these uh, ultra runners who are uh, uh, the uh, elites or sub elites, and they're actually wearing skin uh, these um, sleeves uh, that you see in the summertime. These arm sleeves, and they'll put ice in their arm sleeves, and mm. they'll come in the station, put ice in the arm sleeves, and run with that. And that's uh, I've never done it myself, but it, you know, it's, a, it's a good idea. Keep it cool. And of course. You've seen people putting ice in their bandanas or putting it in their hats, and uh, that seems to work. And I'm sure, you know, I've seen pictures of you on Facebook under Peavine Falls, and I'm sure, you, I'm sure, you know, getting getting yourself just completely soaked, you know, wetter than you would in a uh, a shower. But, you know, everybody who goes under Peabine Falls is going to wet themselves down. They're going to get themselves soaked under there, uh, you know, take their hat off and their shirt. They're going to sweat it, you know, just wet it down. And that, that helps you a ton to do that to it, cool you off. It tremendously cools you down for sure, from my experience. So um, talking about that, um, keeping the speed, uh, talk, let's talk about a little bit of speed workout. I started putting a little bit of my speed work, uh, even though I'm training for ultra distance. I, I find the speed training is important, especially this time of the year when I'm just building, rebuilding my miles. Let's talk about the speed workout. You know, again, you got to take into consideration that you're, if you're out there on, I don't know where you do speed work, but let's just say for the lack of anything else that you go on a track. You can't go out there and say, well, I'm going to do 400s on the track or I'm going to do my Yasso 800s on the track and expect to hit those splits like you expected to hit in the, uh, you know, in January and February. They're just not going to be there. So, you know, the Yasso 800s, you know, say you should run your 
800 in the uh, time in minutes that you expect to do in in hours in the marathon. So if you want to break three hours, you got to do a three three minute. Uh, 800. Uh, you're not going to hit that in the summertime. So you got to take that into consideration and add, you know, 10 or 20 percent to what you expect to do. Again, it's that perceived exertion. If you if you're hitting these things and you feel like that exertion is what you've got, then that's fine. It's not not necessarily because you know you're 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 just not hitting it and trying to try to run harder. That's gonna that's gonna bring you down even more. And you got to remember too, you know, the first, one of the first things we said in this podcast was most people are going to get up early and and run in the summertime to try to uh, beat the sun. But if you get up in the morning, if you're going to get up at four o'clock and run and then go to work and then you come home at the end of the day, you're not necessarily going to go to sleep at seven o'clock. You're still going to stay up, watch TV, play with the kids, do what you're going to do and go to bed at 10 o'clock. Well, now your sleep is really, you know, people who, who run in the summertime, they're, they're they're going to have a lot of sleep deprivation. And sleep is so important in recovery. Um, you know, and, and you're losing sleep doing to get a, due, due to you getting up early and you're going to bed late in the evening. So now instead of getting eight hours of sleep, you might be getting five or six and this becomes cumulative. So you can do it for a week. You can do it for two weeks. But, you know, you start putting back (laughs) back May, June, July and August, um, you know, you're going to be erect in August and uh, you're training. You're going to say, what's wrong? I'm training, but my times are just terrible. Well, you know, when it cools off, it'll be fine. But you got to take that into consideration. Sleep is when, you know, when you sleep is when you recover. That's when you're going to recover the most. Definitely. I, I, I do my training. I started, uh, I do training at the, at the track at Hartman Park, but, but they're, um, you know, it's like you said, it's, it's difficult. I have seen my speed has gone down. Um, um, I think last year we discussed, you know, it may be my A's or just, just the, just the ultra running, you know, I think <laughs> that's, we, that's, that's the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, right now I'm, I'm nowhere near to any, any of my speed or anything. You know, I'm just kind of barely just running. So it's just kind of sometimes frustrating to see, like you said, like you mentioned, like, you know, I, I used to be much faster than that. But anyway, I'm, I'm at least moving. So moving the right direction sounds like. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the um, you know the best pieces of equipment uh, is going to be the treadmill in this type you know this year, and you, you may want to get on it once or twice a week. They're not extremely accurate as far as pace goes, but it gives you an idea of what you're doing. So you know if it says you're running an eight minute mile, it may not be exactly an eight minute mile, but you can play with the incline, you can play with the speed, so you can do a lot of workouts, really good workouts on a treadmill, and you're out of the sun. So uh, you know. I'm I, I don't run on a treadmill now, but back in the day, um, I had access to a gym right where I work, so that made it convenient, and I would I would I would hit the treadmill too. Definitely, I used to do much more treadmill than I I do recent years, but I think I'm doing a little bit of treadmill now. Uh, like you said, I I still need to have a what do you call it, some of the some of the experience inside cooler weather. In a type of temperature, you know, kind of control temperature and control uh, speed. Talking about that, uh, doing elevation, what, how, how important it is to do hills around this time of the year. I have three H's, hot, hot humidity and hills, uh, three H's. And usually when I'm middle of the day, when it's the hottest day, I go run the hills. So, so let's talk about the first, for in general public, uh, our friends who are listening to us, uh, let's talk about the importance of running hills. Well, the hills, I mean, hills are going to make you stronger. You know, and then, you know, I, I don't know. It's been, it's been 
you know, attributed to many runners, but I think it was Frank Shorter that first said, you know, hills are your friends. Um, it's speed work in, in disguise, and that's what it is. It, it makes you get your legs up higher. If you if you come to a hill, I mean, as an ultra runner, you know, you walk the hills. You know, you, you get it in your head, you're going to walk the hills. But if you want to work out, you're going to run up the hill, not necessarily fast, but it, but you're going to run up the hill because it makes you use those hip flexors. It makes you use those driving muscles behind your legs, your hamstrings, your butt muscles. It makes you use those driving legs. And when you, that's what you're going to use for speed. So you can run up a hill at, you know, 10, 11 minute miles or slower in my case. And yet when you get on the flats, it's going to be so much easier to cruise at a faster speed because of what you did on the hills. And you got to still be careful on the heat. You know, those, those three H's that you just said, they, they build up, you know, that there's a, there's a little multiplication sign in between each of those, not a, not just a plus sign. So they'll, uh, you know, they, they, they can bring you down if you too, do too much. But, you know, if you've set up a once a week, you know, if you say on Thursdays, I'm going to do a hill workout. Well, you know, you've got it. You've got it in your head. You're going to accept it, that it's going to it's going to hurt, but you're going to get through it. And you just don't put yourself on at any danger. Definitely. But uh, in, in past, I have read that you shouldn't be doing speed and the hill at the same time or same week. Is that still the rules should apply or? Or we should uh, mix it up. Well, we didn't. We used to do we used to do speed on Tuesday and do heels on Thursday when we when we had a, a, a very rigid program. Not, I'm not talking about the team and training folks, but but when I'd get with my running group and we were running the the, the faster marathons. I mean, it was a pretty you know long run on Sunday and the speed work on Tuesday and the hills on hill hill workout on Thursday, and that was pretty much set. And the other days were just nice what we'd call easy conversational runs until you got within two or three blocks of the finish and then it was just everybody balls to the wall and run as fast as you can to the finish line (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah it was pretty regimented so i don't know that you're not supposed to do it in the same week but again it's that that recovery you got to get that recovery Definitely. Talk about that. Uh, usually for me, is I don't do hill repeats. I'm just running hilly course, like and I'm trying to find uh, 800, 1,000 elevation climb at least. So. Oh, I'm with you. I, I see, you know, some folks that say they do repeats on Yellow White Connector at Oak Mountain. And for those of you who don't know, Yellow White Connector is an average of 14% and is almost exactly a mile, a little over a mile. And they'll do this and it's very rugged. And they'll do hill repeats on that. And I think, God, Link, one time is enough for me. Just... <laughs> I want to see more places and more different yeah. hills there for me. It's a lot of hills. Yeah, it's a lot of different hills. <laughs> <laughs> I have a course itself called Got Hills, and then I got I got all kind of hills there. I got to add a few more. David Toss has some of the hills, backcountry hills. So some of my friends are talking about going out there running some of the backcountry hills. So I ran into Vanessa Stroud one day on the on the on the over at Oak Mountain. She's in the middle of the woods, and I came up on her, and she had a copy of your God God Hill course. <laughs> and of course, it's just written. She didn't have it on a map. It's just written. <laughs> and she says, "You know, where the hell is Zoom and finding some of these hills?" <laughs> it's it's not that difficult. I need to I need to redraw uh, or go back and do a couple of a couple of little. Uh, I, it needs to be upgraded version version twenty seventeen version of it. Yeah. Um, but I did uh, do a Soto Challenge hill, and it's a one thousand feet cut elevation climb per lap. That's pretty brutal as well for four. Four mile course, so so that's you know there are hills in Oak Mountain, so you just have to figure out, be creative to find the hills and climb them. So uh, let's uh, let's focus and then talk about the you know for the summer training, doing a twenty miles and up uh, the distance and far distance running, uh, running harder and running stronger and running long. Let's talk about that a little bit. 
Yeah, it's just that, you know, you're running, if you're going to run, you're going to put in those long runs, you got to set ahead of time. What's the most important thing about this run? Is it going to be the getting the miles in? If you say, I got to do a 20 miler today, getting that miles in, or is it going to be something where you say, I just got to build up my stamina. And, uh, you know, if I, if I hit hills, I'll, I'll take it easy on the hills. Um, if I'm, if I'm feeling bad, I'll walk some. It's, uh, you know, you got to say, what's the most important part? And like I said before, with, uh, if you're going to be serious about running a, a, a marathon or longer in the fall, then that one long run a week is going to be key to your training. That That's the key to the whole thing. Um, so you get out there and, you know, this time of year, a lot of people go on vacation and they say, oh, you know, what am I going to do? This is going to ruin me. Well, you know, you skip a week. It's not going to ruin you. You, know, you skip three weeks. We'll, we'll talk about it. But um a lot of people will go down to Panama City or, you know, down down on the coast and they say, well, I got to put my long run in today and and then as you know it's completely flat there's nothing there you can you know see for three miles down the road and so you just got to get yourself into some kind of some kind of zen state and just uh, try to keep a steady pace as, as best you can you got to carry that water with you fortunately you run someplace like that there's places to stop where you completely you know continuously fill your water bottle throw water over your head um if you have to run in the sun especially in a situation like that um, although I don't like to use it, it, it's important for you to use sunblock, um, because you're going to get burned out there. There's no shade at all. Uh, a lot of, a lot of clothes now that we didn't have back in the, the you know, back in the old days, as we say, um, they, they have UV protection in the clothes. So, you know, you want to go to your local running store and ask them about those, those types of clothes. If you know you're going to be running in the sun, good idea to wear those. I didn't know that they're, they have a cloth UV protected. Most of my, sh- my shirts are from the races. So yeah. Yeah. I don't think. Thing. <laughs> yeah, and I got plenty of them. So, and then if you're going to be running out the sun too, if you're on, you know on vacation, sunglasses are you know are going to be important too because that sun is going to just blind you after a while. The sunglasses are important. So, talk about that. Uh, tell us your story, your personal story about summer trainings and uh, things you did uh, that helped you to achieve really great goals, or you know Boston qualifying, or or our fastest PR in the fall during the training during the summertime. Yeah, well, I think most of it is, like we said, is uh, just getting in your head and you got to set a, <clears throat> with any race you do, you set a goal. You have to have an A race. There's a bunch of races coming up this fall. Um, if you're, it doesn't matter if you're a trail runner or road runner. There's, there's so many races now these days, but you got to have an A race. What's, what's the race that's the most important to me? And that's what you got to keep in your head the whole time. And every run you go out there, you just got to visualize that. Now, during the summer, your run is going to be a little slower. But you've got to just feel, I'm strong, I can get through this, I'm doing everything right, I'm drinking, I'm keeping cool, I'm doing the best I can with this weather. If you continually butt yourself, you know, butt your head up against the wall in this hot weather, and every run you do, you say, well, that was terrible, well, that was terrible, well, I'm awful, I'm a terrible runner. I mean, it's going to become a self-filled prophecy that you're not going to be able to do good. But if you can get through these runs and say, well, you know, that run really sucked, but I felt strong doing it, um, then, then you're going to have that, that, that positive feeling that I can get through this summer. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to. You can't do anything about it. You're going to have four months of, uh, you know, 85 to 100 degrees. So, um, you know, that's the thing you got to accept, you know, uh, you know, whatever that saying is, you know, you can divide the things that you can change and divide the things you can't change. So do everything that you can change and take care of it and then go on your way. But you've got to stay positive. You got to keep that goal in front of you. You can't wait until September or October to start training. Definitely. Is so is, is that how you took uh, whenever you're doing uh, your races? Yeah, I think one 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 good barometer to do is uh, 
to take some courses that that you know, you know, some some courses, and I'm not saying a 20 miler, although you could do it, but uh, you know, when you're well into your training, six eight weeks into your training, and do do the course, and then when the weather starts to get cool, do that same course, and and just see, you know, with the same amount of of effort, your time is going to be so much better on the same course. Now, true, you'll be a little stronger because you've continued to train all this time, but it's just amazing that that hard training through that through that sweating and that that slogging and that that uh, slower pace is going to make you stronger for the for the uh, when the winter comes. Definitely. One of the one of the thing that this year I'm trying to see, I call it time trial. Almost like what you just mentioned, just go in a course, go in a finite distance that you want to try, see how you do over the period of time. Is that a good idea to do it? So, you, so I know I run like 5K today and see what time I do it in a month from now. How will I perform? Is it a similar course? You know, it has to be a similar course. Uh, is that something you suggest people to do it or, or just uh, not to worry about that? Well, I, I mean, it, it's funny you say a 5K. I always used to tell my runners that... It, it's great to enter 5Ks because they're short enough. You're not going to wear yourself out doing it, although, you know, around mile two, you're going to think I'm, you know, telling you a lie. But I think it's good to do that. I think they're good strengtheners. But, you know, like there was one today uh, up in Fultondale, the Stampede Run, that's been run for, I don't know, 35, 40 years. Um, and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll get a huge crowd out there. And it'll be a good one to run because every year you can go back and do and see if I'm getting faster or slower. But the thing is, is that it's right in the middle of the summer there. It's a 5K. You're going to put yourself out. And then maybe again, you know, in July, you pick another race, not necessarily Peabine Falls, which goes up a hill, but find another 5K that uh, goes, uh, you know, a fairly not completely flat course. But to do that, to put in that kind of an effort, get keeps your head in in kind of a race mode uh, of getting out there and the gun going off and aid stations along the way and running towards the finish line, I think serves you a lot better purpose than you saying, well, I'm going to go out my door and run this four-mile course that I usually run. Because so many things could happen. And you, you know as well as I do, you, you, you start running and you, you start thinking about work or you start thinking about something at home. Or, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, I've been running a quarter mile and haven't been concentrating on my running. So it's hard to do a, it's hard to do a time trial on, you know, on your own. Yeah. Uh, without, without that push like a race. So I always used to emphasize to my runners, you know, try to do a 5K a month. And uh, that that's a good barometer of how you're doing. Definitely. I think that's what I need to do, or at least I need to try. Because lately I have just given up on running 5K altogether. It's been so long I haven't done a 5K. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I used to do it almost every weekend. Then I start running a marathon every weekend. So I'm, I'm, I'm counting. my I haven't done a 5K in, in years probably. Yeah, yeah definitely. Coach Al, we talked a lot about training, summer training, heat training, all kind of trainings. This time of the year, there are a lot of first-timers out there trying to get ready for the fall, fall races. Give us a word of advice to all those people listening to us at this moment. Okay, to the to, well, to the newer runners, you know, every race you do, if you're going to do races during the summertime, you know, just take them for the fun, fun of it. Uh, you know, just, just take it as a train, as a more or less as a training run, but a fast training run. But just understand that the, the, when the fall comes things are going to get better you, you you're going to benefit so much from this time of year in in the fall um when you know if you're looking like i talking about these uh, all these races coming up that stage run and all those if you're a runner that has a lot of experience behind you you've gone through a lot of summers of training before you know what to do don't do anything stupid stay cool hydrate you know the two the two biggest things is is is, is to hydrate and get your recovery because it's so easy not to get that recovery and that's going to bring you down you're just going to go it's just going to be a you know just a line that goes down that graph it's just going to be a downslide 
the whole summer. So you got to get that recovery. Right. Uh, sounds like great word advice, great training advice, and there's so much to learn from you. Uh, you have years and years of experience. And thanks for coming back to Emron's podcast and talking to us, uh, talking to me. Uh, hopefully, we can talk more before next year, probably. <laughs> so, I love it. I love it. Thanks for everything. You're more than welcome, Simon. If you have a need to cover your events from marketing to taking photos, please contact mruns.com by emailing at marathonruns at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of Emruns Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast channel, Voice of Runners, at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and more. And also follow our social media channel, Marathon Runs, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube.